We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast welcome everyone to another edition of the pack a day podcast thanks for joining us again today my name is dan connick and i am joined by my two cohorts during a rather quiet portion of the off season guys we got like almost nothing to talk about but it's uh it's eli berkovitz and janelle Mackey. guys how are you doing how are you how are you handling this dead period between otas and actual start of training camp the news dead period like the dead month jen um obviously i'm feeling my time with hockey i actually mm-hmm. did watch some basketball so i did watch the bucks game seven when the hockey game wasn't on, so that was exciting considering I really don't care about basketball, but even that had me sweating, so glad to see they won, and yeah, hockey, when hockey ends, then it'll be true dead period for me, but I'm still getting by with some sports for now. Well, Saturday had an exciting basketball game and hockey game. The end to that uh, oh, Islanders-Tampa yeah. Bay game. Insane. Was that the one with the crazy save at the end? Yes. Yep. And then I think what the Islanders won, right? And you guys hate yeah. the Islanders. Yeah, I hate the Islanders. Had the spin move, backhand shot that could have tied the game, and yeah. I can't remember crazy. exactly which Islanders guy it was. I think it starts. Oh. Yeah, it wasn't even the goalie. The defenseman came no, in behind. It was goalie it came out. Cover McDonald. Yeah. So, and I'm I'm cheering for the Lightning. So I was like, I was upset, but. I have to respect a great save like that from a skater coming in. And then I flipped over the Bucks game and I was like, this is also stressful. <laughs> it was just, you know, all these teams that I'm not exactly heavily invested in that are causing me a lot of stress. It's a lot of secondhand stress. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. yeah 100%. Yeah. That, that reminds me of, um, I think I said on the show before I used to play hockey, but I don't always play goalie. But for like a couple months, I tried skating out, see how I would do. And I would usually be a defenseman. And when someone's taking a slap shot at you, and you know, usually you try to block it like the men that hockey play- players are, me, I basically throw my stick up in the air, turn around, and go into the fetal position. The puck hits me right in the calf. I thought I broke my leg. It hit me so hard. <laughs> and I didn't have like hockey socks on because I'm just the worst. And it stung. And it was it was there for a solid three months, just deep bruise of a puck in my thigh um and yeah went back to goalie immediately after that never <laughs> never to skate wait, out wait, wait. you say it hit you in the calf and you had a bruise on your thigh sorry at my calf i'm saying i turned around okay. <laughs> I met, yeah at my calf i turned like it around. so hard that it bruised a completely oh. different part of your body <laughs> yeah i know it hit me in the right <laughs> arm and my left foot was killing me no. <laughs> but yeah my left calf will never be the same that's that's the gist of the story and i won't skate out and that concludes our hockey portion of the podcast. Um, I know, Dan, last time we were recording, uh, at I, least we went like 20 minutes. Playing. Now they're not. Yeah, I know. That was rough. That was rough. Um, I'm still not over it. And that's exactly why I'm rooting against the Islanders I now. I do partially from... feel like I need to blame Andy Herman because he came on the show and told me that he was rooting against the teams that I was rooting for. And then both of them lost. So wow, I feel like I kind of have to blame the Podfather on that one. We always need a, pod, we always need a, a, a scapegoat. 
Yeah. And it looks like, yeah, the pod father, Andy Herman. <laughs> He's my dude. All right. Good job, Andy. Thank you for pausing. Now, all right, maybe I'll just read against the Bucks then, Andy. How's that sound? <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, congratulations to the Bucks because that was a fun game to watch, and I'm excited to see what they what they keep doing. Um, like like I kind of said, guys, we're sort of in this we're in this like weird little dead period because we've moved past OTAs and mini camps, and so there's nothing going on team wise really until we get to the start of training camp in a couple of weeks. And so uh, we decided today we're going to keep it. We're going to keep it pretty straightforward. Not our usual brand of uh, of wacky off the wall. You know, which five Packer players would you take on a trip to the moon? Kind of thing. <laughs> um, we're gonna we're gonna just we're gonna look at the roster as a whole. I'm gonna go down the list with all three of us, position group by position group, and based on what we've seen on OTAs and mini camps, let's make a roster projection. All right. We'll go. Th- we'll go through each group here. See what. See where everybody stands. Discuss them a little bit. We were talking off air. I think there's only going to be like maybe a couple. Like a, there's only like probably three or four groups I can think of that are really going to think. I think cause like some strife or have some real differences between them between all of us. But either way, let's go down the list here. Let's start with the most important group, and that is special teams, guys. All right, who is your three special teams? players use your kicker who's your punter who's your long snapper go um well obviously i have mason crosby <laughs> i do have jk scott and long snapper i think it hunter bradley yeah I no i i figured i i wanted to just get that one out of the way because yeah. we all yeah. know that that's yeah. yeah i'm i am in the same boat and i assume you are as well then yeah yeah. I, yeah even though i was i was the one in the Game On Wisconsin series, if you were Goody, I did propose the idea, float the idea of cutting Mason Crosby over the summer. But I'm glad that the gray-haired, the gray-haired, keep the Silver Fox. Come on, yeah, and the Silver Fox is back. Mason Crosby, he's done far too much for us as a people. No, as a people, as a people, <laughs> like as as human beings as a whole, yeah, or as a whole, as the okay. whole people as of the Green human Bay. race, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> more controversial <laughs> quarterback group where do you got we've we've talked about this before we've we've all got interesting opinions on the aaron Rodgers saga so where do you stand out of otas how does the quarterback group look for you guys um i'll kick this one off and i think it's pretty straightforward rogers love and then, I mean, it feels like it's a little bit less straightforward if they're going to keep three. Last year they had to keep three because they had to keep love. But I do think they'll stick with three again and stick with Bortles because, honestly, if Rodgers comes back, wow. I, I don't know if love is, like, automatically the backup. For all we know, Bortles is, is the second-string guy and love spends another year in sweats. I really don't know for sure. So I'm going to go with Rodgers, love, and Bortles as of now. I actually, uh, I had the same thing. It makes me really sad because I really like Benker and I kind of hope that maybe they pick him up as a, a practice player kind of guy, resign him that way. But I mean, yeah, I, I was going to go with Benker. You assume it's not just for a summer camp. Yeah. I mean, also, I just feel like Bortles, if something, you know, knock on wood were to happen to number 12. And let's say, even if love is the number two, but love, let's say comes in and clearly isn't ready you'd want to have that veteran in Bortles. And even though Bortles is Bortles, he's still a veteran. You don't want to be stuck between choosing either an undeveloped Jordan Love or Kurt Benker. You know what I'm saying? He's also just a massive dude, too. Bortles, yeah. He, look, he's like ripping cigs, man. Guy ripping cigs. I, think that, I, I just think that he'll, he'll benefit more. I do see them keeping three quarterbacks. I do see Aaron Rodgers being there. Um, yeah, I Kurt Benkert is like my kind of my fan favorite right now i don't want to see him go but re- if i'm oh, if right I have to be realistic he I, I don't see him making the cut on the 53 man but hopefully they can find a way for him to come back in some way see here's here's our first disagreement because i only see them keeping the two i see it being aaron Rodgers and jordan love and what i what i imagine the plan is with blake bortles because let's be honest i don't I don't think that there's a situation right. The only situation I could kind of see 
is if something happens in Houston where, uh, you know, Deshaun Watson isn't able to go or isn't ready to play, and or there's an emergency kind of uh, quarterback thing that comes up. Basically, what I kind of what I kind of envision their their idea with this is bring Bortles in for camp, get him familiar with how their system is working, get him some reps, help him out with you know just just put him into camp, have to have a body in there for him, and then if the situation comes up down the road where it ends up being Jordan Love the starter for whatever reason, injury or whatever. You have a you have a guy that's sit that's probably going to be sitting out there somewhere, most likely sitting out there somewhere as a free agent, waiting to be picked up that has experience with your players and had time in training camp over the summer. I don't I don't think that they're they're planning on him being a bona fide emergency plan, but I think it's more of a let's bring him in, have the opportunity, and then if it comes up later on down the road, we know that we have something out there that we could try to go get. So I'm going to go with just two quarterbacks. Running with two. Yeah. Uh, running back group. I think this is going to be an interesting spot here too. Uh, I mean, the first two are I, – I think the first two are obvious for all of us. It's obviously uh, A.J. Dillon and um, Aaron Jones. That third one though, you, you're at least going to have three running backs on this roster. So who do you guys – who did you guys end up going with, Janelle? Kylan Hill. That's who I went with as well. Yeah, Eli. I, the Rams time is up. I yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm with you guys. I think Kylan Hill fought like he was one of my favorite picks in the draft. I know he had some off the field issues. That's why he didn't play a ton his final year in college. But his tape, I said it whether it was on this show or on Open Book, but he he looks like a crossover of Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. Like straight up, he is extremely quick and shifty, but also thick and able to run over you. And I think Hill's for sure going to be the three. And I don't know how you're going to work three running backs into the offense, but soon enough, I think Kylan Hill is going to show he was a major steal the seventh round. I'm really excited about him. Yeah, I, I think with the guys that you have, the options that you have available right now on that roster, like you know, it's it's Dex- it's pre- it's basically between. I feel like the options are Dexter Williams or Hill. And then there's like and, Patrick Taylor and, and Patrick Taylor, but I, I think with being with with Hill being the most recent draft pick, he has sort of that edge that if all three if if all three play equally, Hill has that sort of edge because you invested that capital and he's he's the most yeah, recent yeah. draft pick. You know, yeah. it um, is weird though. Dexter Williams, it seems like he's been around so much longer than he actually has. Yeah, it's only been what right. year three now, right? Yeah, two. Maybe I think he has yeah. two years' experience. So going yeah, into yeah, going into year three. But the problem but it is, it feels like he's never... been around. Like he should be signing a five-year, like his <laughs> right. extension or something. But it's just, yeah, it's it's unfortunate because there were always those little moments where you're like, maybe he could be something, maybe he could do something. But it just always seems like they kind of skip over him and pull somebody else into a role that he could fill. Right. Um, moving down the list offensively another group i think this this is the one for me out of out of the whole offense i think is where we we kind of see how you or how any of us kind of project how this offense is going to look wide receiver group basically how many are you going to keep around i think there's a solid i think there's at least a solid four that you can say are on this roster right away so after that it becomes a little bit more um little bit more nebulous with how you want to play it uh Eli give me your wide receiver group yeah so like you said the four that I think are just locks to make this roster are obviously Devante MVS Alan Lazard and Amari Rogers Mm -hmm. right there you have four and then I'm finishing my wide receiver group with Devin Funches who I said last year I think would make a contribution even after opting out and throughout following him on Instagram Twitter the guy looks ridiculously in shape. Matt LaFleur was very, spoke very highly of him. He's a veteran. He's a big guy. Someone can be useful in the red zone. So I know a lot of people think Funches won't make the roster I've been seeing on Twitter, but I think he will. And then the sixth one is where I really went back and forth between EQ and um, 
Uh, who is my other option? I, look, I ended up going with EQ. That's, I guess, what's most important. But that sixth receiver spot was what was really the one that that tripped me up the most. I just want to see real quick if I had. Oh, yeah. So I was looking at him, and then I was looking at you know basically Malik Taylor and Begleton. But Begleton didn't make the roster last year. Malik Taylor right, only right. had five catches. And I think EQ, even though he's been hurt a lot, he's shown enough potential when healthy that they'll want him back. I actually uh, I ended up keeping seven, and I took them both. Same. There's oh, just something there about Malik Taylor that it just I want to see more of him. And we get we get these little tease flashes of him, and hopefully that they can just find a way to incorporate him more. And I just think that we haven't seen what Malik Taylor can really bring. And I, I just, I think they're going to see something in him and they, they obviously keep bringing him back for a reason. So hopefully he gets to be a little bit more involved in the offense this year. I think, I think the biggest, the biggest benefit for Malik Taylor is he's a special teams mm-hmm. guy that that's, that's, I think really the the biggest reason he's made able to stick around as long as he has is uh, because okay. he puts in the time on the special teams, especially as Gunner is really going to take over a special teams role this year. I think, I think, well, I think Amari Rogers takes over those, like the return yeah. roles and, and stuff like that, but like gunning kickoff coverage, stuff like that. Like yeah. Miller Taylor has a spot there. If he can keep grinding at grinding it, right. grinding it out. He's obviously working hard enough to be able to keep a spot, right? whether it's as yeah. a receiver, receiver, special teams. And he he does get those moments. And, I mean, Rodgers has seemed to enjoy throwing to him, you know, in those flashes. So he seems like he can trust him. So I think Just that re- says a little re- something. Real quick, I, I could be wrong, but I feel like the Packers very rarely keep seven receivers on the roster. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's usually six. And also – Obviously, look, this is not a shot of Malik Taylor because, like Jen said, I, I do like him and I would want to see more of him. And if he didn't make the roster, I would expect him to be on the practice squad, if not signed by another team. But, you know, to say that, you know, uh, he he's valuable because of his value on special teams, I know it's not all his fault, but let's not pretend like we had a very good coverage unit, both punts and kicks last year. And I know it takes 11 men. But if it comes down to, you know, we're keeping six receivers, I think they would prefer to go with the guy who might be able to contribute more on offense than the guy who has a role on special teams. And he could be a good – truth is, I don't know. Maybe maybe he's a, he's a great gunner and tackler, but just overall the unit was awful. So I just find that a hard a hard like uh, justification. Yeah. Keeping I, him. I, mean, I think – You have been less reliable, though, in the sense of being healthy. So you could also that's, uh, yeah that's the yeah. thing. EQ has been hurt a lot, which does not help. And I think the thing too to keep in mind is we're trying to do these after basically essentially like six non padded workouts. Right. You know, because I'm because I'm with you, Eli. If you if you could go out in in training camp and you find a, a wide receiver that's able to contribute more offensively and be a better special teams guy than Malik Taylor, like I'm all for it. You know, like but but that's the thing is I I caught myself doing that a lot too is not trying to not trying to project of what the Packers might do come training camp or you know in the next couple of weeks leading up to training camp like just based off of what we saw in OTAs Malik Taylor still has a spot as of as of right now but he's definitely that's I mean that's I think a it's a major bubble spot for him right there um yeah. another one that's I think a little bit questionable or maybe not tight end group um I, th- I think this this one may be a little bit more controversial than than I'm thinking about. I don't know. Um, well, I think it would have been more controversial last week. I guess, if you pick up what I'm saying. Uh, I mean, yeah, I guess that's. <laughs> I mean, like, I guess once I'm I'm there. I mean, yeah. Look, I think if all five of T- Tunyon, Mercedes, Deguara, Sternberger, and Daphne were all available you would have to make a tough decision because it's highly unlikely the team keeps five tight ends. But for now, with Sternberger suspended for the first two games, I have Tunyon, Lewis, DeGuara, and Daphne. And then when Sternberger comes back, it's it's anyone's guess. But I'll keep saying it till he's off the team or out of the league. I love Jay Sternberger. I think he's going to be good, and he just needs some time to develop. 
Yeah, I, I also had him keeping all five. I mean, Deguara, I feel like, I mean, he's coming off injury. We haven't really got to see um, much from him, obviously, but he's working hard in training camp and the rehab stuff, so I assume that they keep him. Daphne can kind of be a hybrid offensive player, offensive threat, so I assume they would keep him for those reasons. Lewis won't see the field as much, but again, he's more of a leader, locker room presence kind of guy, and you'll see flashes of him every now and then, but I mean, Sternberg, yeah, the whole suspension thing, it's tough. I just think that there's a lot that he has to offer. He's probably our mo- he's the most athletic tight end, I would argue, out of this group. And then Tanyan, obviously there's something that works with Tanyan that makes him a phenomenal tight end. I, he doesn't look like a freak athlete out there, but whatever he's doing is it's working. So you can't not get rid you can't not keep him. So yeah, I just think they all bring very different things this year. So it's hard to say who they would go with and who they want. So I'm just going to say they keep all five because they all have very different roles right now. And that's obviously, but I'm saying, Let's just say week three, Sternberger comes back. You, you're you saying they stick still with five tight ends on the roster? Well, it also depends on – we haven't seen anything from DeGuar. Like, what's he going to look well, like? Oh, that's – I mean, I guess – well, I mean, he did get hurt in week two. I would hope if, if we're speculating Bakhtiari to be ready sometime soonish, I would hope mm-hmm. DeGuar is ready to play week one. Being able to go out and perform high-level – I understand. I'm saying, but either saying, but Deguar is not going to get cut, is what I'm saying, and he should be on the active roster, barring injury for most of the year. So I guess just so do you in my head, him not bringing back Sternberger. What? So you, you see them not bringing back Sternberger? No, I know. I think they are going to bring back, but I'm just saying when Sternberger comes back and he's on the active roster and he's no longer suspended, you're going to have five tight ends, which is very uncommon, and I don't think. I don't think they would stick with us. So I think if Sternberger came back from the suspension, it's very possible we could see Daphne go back to the practice squad or something along those lines. I mean, yeah, out of the the four, he'd be the one most likely to make a roster move come that time. But we also, who knows what he'll be doing. And like, it also depends on who they're playing, how they're looking, what kind of schemes they want to run. So I, I mean, I think Daphne brings that hybrid player to him. So it all depends on kind of how they want to utilize him and maybe they throw him on special teams. I don't know, but yeah, I just, as of right now, I just see them keeping those five. I agree. I I think, I think, I think it's not, I I think it's, I think it's not as uncommon uh, in this style of offense because you, you're going to, if Lewis Tunyon and DeGuar, basically you're kind of your three that you're going to run. If you run like a three tight end kind of set, Daphne kind of comes in as a as a, a spot fill-in and Sternberger, him and Sternberger both kind of seem very specialized. And I think what they again, like we said with Malik Taylor, I think both have roles on special teams if they can work it out. And I think Sternberger, I I I I believe in his comeback. I think I think if he really truly commits to this team after you know the incident that he had, he came out very public about it. Obviously, it sounded like it was very public or uh, very upfront up with the Packers organization about it. Um, I, I think that there's roles for all five of those players, maybe just not always on the offense. I think Sternberg comes in and plays sort of a pseudo wide receiver role in there as well. And I know that ends up being seven wide receivers already. But I think there's I think there's roles for all these all these guys out here. There's there's. They just can do about, too much. How about this, Dan? Come, you know, active game day roster, I believe, is what, 47 or 49? 49. 49. So if let's say all five were healthy at the time. Yeah. You think on, on the average week, all five would be active? On, the, on, on your on – your, basically on a weekly basis, barring something very strange or a very strange opponent? I just – I don't know. I don't remember the last time. Yeah. No, I – Right ends on a, on a game day roster. Again, I yeah. could be wrong, and I do like all, all all five of the players. That's why I said Daphne would, you know, Daphne could end up doing what he did last year. One week he's on the, he's on the roster, one week he's back in the practice squad, the next week he's on the team. Um, it's just in my head. I just couldn't see myself keeping five tight ends from start to finish. So that's why I thought the Sternberger suspension, while obviously sucks, made it a little bit more uh, simpler to to make this roster for now and then mm-hmm. when he's back i guess we'll see what they do 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Offensive line. Let's go to our last offensive position group here. Um, I, I mean, I think we just assume with this, <clears throat> Bakhtiari obviously has a roster spot waiting for him. So I, I include him in just my, you know, yeah. my 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 roster. Um, I ended up with eight, eight offensive linemen. Um, your starting line of Bakhtiari, Jenkins, Myers, Lucas Patrick, and Billy Turner. And then I've got Runyon, uh, Ben Braden, and Royce Newman as your other your other three on there does that differ from what you guys have or is is that uh do you have more or less jenna you were just combining all of them centers guards tackle yeah yeah yeah. i just took the whole offensive line as one group okay mine aren't all right next to each other on my list so i'm just gonna go through so obviously i josh myers um i had elton jenkins i had lucas patrick (laughs) is that fine with the notes teacher what are you reading off? Are you flipping notes? notes? Well, I just printed off uh, the roster. Printed. Oh, okay. Oh, I, I can't remember. So, okay. uh, I did school. have John yeah. Runyon, Billy Turner, and then tackles. I had obviously Bakhtiari. I had okay, I'm gonna mispronounce his name. Uh Yosh. Yash Nijman. I love yeah. Yash. Yeah, I called I him last him. year and he made it. It was awesome. Uh, Newman and Van Lennon. So I, I wasn't even counting. So, yeah, how many was that? Uh, one, two, three, four, five. Got to go back now. <laughs> Six, seven, eight, nine. I had nine. Yeah, so I... I, I always think nine. you should run heavy with the offensive line. Yeah, I, I, I had nine. I don't have nine. I thought I was going to hit double digits with that one. <laughs> Yeah, I had nine also. Um, the starting line, just like you guys said, Bakhtiari, Jenkins, Myers, Patrick, Turner, and then as depth. And look, Runyon could beat out Patrick. I think that's fully possible, but for now, we'll roll like that. And then for depth, you've got Runyon, Royce Newman, Ben Braden, and then Cole Van Lanen as the ninth. I really wanted to push Yash Nijman back into this roster for a number of reasons. Number one, I really like him. Number two, I had him a 53-man last year, and it worked, and I was, like, the only one, and I felt very proud. But he never ended up playing. I know there wasn't – I mean, there were some injuries, but we never really got to see him. 
and they just drafted Van Lanen. I know it doesn't mean much considering where they drafted him, but for now, I'm going to go with Van Lanen making that last spot, but it wouldn't surprise me if it was Nijman. Yeah, I uh, look, I, I love Nijman too. Um, I think uh, just my, 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 thought process behind this is just getting those offensive linemen that can do multiple things and are excelling at that. Braden got a lot of look at both of the tackle spots at OTAs. Royce Newman basically has played kind of across the entire line. I love Royce I just, Newman. Yeah, just me too. Good. And I, I really debated putting, um, putting Cole in there as well. But something in me just says that he's – Cole or, uh, no, what's Van um, Van, yeah. Oh, cool, Van oh, okay. Yeah, I was like, did I forget his name? <laughs> no, I, I, I just blanked out. Look, I had the guy, yeah, in my roster. yeah. Oh, Van Lanen, I just uh, something that I just haven't, I don't have as much faith in that as, as it feels too, it feels too storybook for me. That's what I was about to of, say. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, time, it would also be so damn sad if he got cut after right. growing up in Green Bay, drafted by the Packers, and cut. But but part of like. I mean, you guys probably don't want – I know, Dan, you're an Ohio State fan, whatever, but Eli, you're, what, Notre Dame. Like, I – watching Wisconsin football, I know that they build those offensive linemen differently. So, I, I see him making that cut because I just know he comes from a school that really focuses on that position group. And I think, you know, given his storyline, I think that also motivates him to work a little bit harder – because he wants it because you know this is the team it's where he grew up it's it's what he wants it's like it's too good of a dream to not work your butt off to try and get that roster spot so I think it's not just oh it's a feel-good story he'll make the roster I think you know he comes from a school that really focuses and has a very successful offensive line and he also has that extra motivation to get that position uh to get that spot so I do see him making the cut for some of those reasons, just kind of knowing where he comes from and that kind of stuff. All right. Um, <laughs> let's let's flip over to the defensive side and let's go right across the line to the defensive line. Um, again, I think in my mind, I, I have I have three that I would say are are surefire, like what no matter what, I would have on this on this list and then i think you could kind of play a little fast and loose with some of the other ones on here so i'm interested to see where you guys go with this uh especially since we've got our offense is all set now so now we know exactly how many spots on defense we've got to play with so eli let's start with you defensive line how do you see that going so i'm gonna make a guess that your three automatics were clark kiki and slayton you're yeah okay yeah. that's what i assumed and yeah, I'm with you there. And then Lowry and Lancaster, I assume, are the other two that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, Lancaster, I'm sorry. I don't know why they gave him another deal. I get yeah. depth. I get uh, maybe he's a run stuffer. I don't know. doesn't say it in the stat sheet. I don't see it on the film. I never truly understood why they continue to bring him back. And I wasn't going to put him on this list. But two weeks ago, he just got a deal. It would see. It just seemed... Like, I guess they like him. They must keep him on the team. And then Dean Lowry, I felt the same way, but they go and they restructure his deal, you know, turn some of it into a signing bonus, this, that, to make it easier to keep him on the team, which leads me to believe, just like Lancaster, they're going to keep him. If it was up to me, I think both of these guys would have been gone probably before the start of last season, literally. And they should have signed a vet or drafted someone earlier. I'm not a fan really of either Dean Lowry or Tyler Lancaster, but considering there aren't really other options, my five defensive linemen are Clark, Kiki, Slayton, Lowry, and Lancaster. Yeah, I had those exact same names circled. I I kind of felt weird circling Kiki. I was like, I feel like there's something more like... I'm excited about him. Yeah. I'm very excited about him. No, I, I am. I just feel, I was like, you know what? I hopefully we can see because you know I've been kind of like a hopefully I'm thinking of the right person but it just kind of seems like there's been flashes but I mean same with Lancaster and Lowry it's like okay they're here they're good depth but are they should they be more depth than actually starting so I'm hoping you know just out of those three because obviously Clark and Clark is he's Kenny Clark 
and then Slayton coming in, you drafted him for this reason. So you're kind of hoping he gets starts over those three guys, but I, I don't know. Those three yeah, they yeah. just kind of they make me nervous. I have question marks by them, but I'm hoping that you know, new defensive coordinator, maybe it helps to break out their game and what we're not seeing and maybe what they're seeing, which is why they're keeping them. Yeah, one quick point on Kiki, Jen. Uh, when you said, you know, he showed some flashes. Actually, weird. Last year, he finished the season with four sacks, and all four came in two games. So against New Orleans and Philly, he had two sacks each. And the rest of the year, he really wasn't all that impactful. So like you said, it seems like he kind of comes out and, and, and bursts in different games and can maybe take advantage of a specific matchup against a specific team. But overall, just like kind of, you know, tight ends, middle linebackers, interior defensive linemen usually take a couple years to develop. And I think learning from Kenny Clark year three could be a big one for Kiki. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I definitely hope to be able to see some kind of jump from him. Yeah, I, I definitely second the opinion on Kingsley Kiki. Um, big fan of his. And I'm with you too, Eli. Um, you know, the, the Lancaster and Lowry thing. Um, I, I've got I've got Heflin on here as, as sort of a borderline one. I've been kind of going back and forth the whole time. Um, the rookie out of Iowa, Northern Illinois. Um, yeah. I mean, just a big beefy dude. Like that. That's that's something that they're missing in that middle is just a, well, a Slayton, big heavy man. guy, right? That's yeah. He's, with Slayton, he's a tree. Yeah. The guy's gigantic, right? And so I just I that's why I'm so on the border with it because I could totally see a guy like. Maybe, maybe this was last year where they they didn't just hand out contracts to to Lowry and Lancaster, um, but but maybe there's a spot for Heflin on here somewhere, and I'd I'd love to see him in here. But I think yeah, just sticking with those five. If you're looking at just what we've seen so far, it, it's going to be hard for him to beat out, um, you know, a a fairly a fairly high touted rookie and four and four veterans, three guys that you know have had tons of experience, you know, here, but again, with defense too, we don't know where Joe Barry goes with this. Maybe he values that a little bit more and, and, you know, sacrifices at a different position. Um, the outside linebacker group, I think this one, um, this one for me is fairly easy coming in, coming in right now. I think there's a spot for it. Linebackers together. Okay. Target edge than linebacker. So. Okay. Yeah. Well, edge, edge. Yeah. Edge linebacker. I mean, it's the Smiths. It's Garvin and it's Gary. That that's how I see the those four. I I I don't know who else right now at this moment. Maybe someone comes in at camp and competes for a role or competes for a spot. But those four on the edge, that's where I that's where I kind of I I don't really see a lot of gray area with it. What do you guys um, think? I'm gonna I, I have those four: Smith, Smith, Gary, and Garvin. But just like last year, and this all came off of one day of me going to Packers training camp. But when I saw Randy Ramsey in person, mm -hmm. I wasn't sh sure what I was even looking at. The guy, he made he made Mercedes Lewis look like a regular-sized person. He is gigantic. He is super strong and fast. I predict him la predicted him last year to make the roster. He did. We didn't see him play a lot, but he made the 53-man, and I have him doing it again this year. So I have five edges. Um, so that's, I guess, where we differ. We're, we're different. I'm not going to try to say differentiate because <laughs> it doesn't sound good. Janelle? Yeah, um, I don't really know because obviously I just printed out the roster, so I wasn't paying attention to edges and uh, middle linebackers and stuff like that. Well, let's let's well let's yeah let's open we'll open up to line to linebacker as a whole because I want to say I have I have Randy Ramsey listed as an inside linebacker, so I have him making the, I have him oh, on the roster, okay. so I, I do have Ramsey in there. I'm starting um, to realize I went pretty scarce with numbers on the linebacker position. Looking over, <laughs> it's like, wow, okay, I obviously did this position last when I went through it because I ended up with – I kept Chris Barnes, Devondre mm -hmm. Campbell, Gary, obviously, Kamal Martin, uh, McDuffie, and then the Smiths. So That's from your list, the only guys missing from your list that are on mine are Ramsey and Garvin. Yeah. See, I have, Again, I have not paying attention to specific positions, but I have, I have Ty Summers and Oren Burks oh, still making that's the true, squad. By the way. I do have Summers, but I actually don't have Burks. And I'll, okay, I, I did I, have Burks, and I, I also, you know, Summers 
if he comes in for special team purposes. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah, well, I think that's Ty Summers and Oren Burks. Those are those those are two uh, special teams heroes, you know. Yeah, and they just they get listed on the linebacker group. Um, but like my my whole thing is just I Joe Barry apparently favors you know a lot of linebacker position you know, favors the linebacker group wants to see production out of the middle there. And so having that guy, I will say Oren Burks, that's a real, if, if he, if he didn't make this roster, I wouldn't cry about it. (laughs) No, he wouldn't, he wouldn't wouldn't miss all 11 career tackles. I know. (laughs) Um, But no, I did, I did forget that I had summers uh, mostly because of special teams and it was between him and Burks, but I just, I know Burks was a third round pick and he's supposed to be some kind of, you know, he's crazy athletic but you're, you're coming into year four, and mm-hmm. we've seen nothing. Not just like maybe one good game here, one good game there. Right. I, I have not seen a single play of Warren Burke. Like, I have thousands and thousands of video clips in my computer, as you see me posting daily on Twitter. I could probably search right now outside of his college film. I don't know if I have a single play of Burke, because I don't know if anything jumped off the screen at me. While Summers, he may not be some athletic freak, but he's reliable in special teams. And he seems to have have a good head on him. Where if he was thrust into any kind of middle linebacker position, he could kind of maybe 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 he won't have a ton of production, but he could run the defense in terms of calling plays mm-hmm. and getting it done that way. Yeah, yeah. I, there is something like if Ty Summers makes the roster, I won't be upset about it. I there's something likable about him. I just don't think that he it's like an underdog story. You know, seventh yeah. round PCU. Well, I mean, yeah, and I you do when- you need you need those kind of guys on special. You need just those kind of hard nosed like bodies, essentially. Yeah. Throw- yeah, I hate to say it, but you know, kind of throwaway bodies that you can put into any situation. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, so, I I hope that he makes it. I'm just not sure. You know, if there's somebody else that they can kind of just throw into that position if they feel, you know, we've got a better option who maybe mm-hmm. won't cost as much money and stuff like that. So. Just kind of those considerations when you're looking at guys who might just be special team spots. Let's look uh two more groups here moving into the second. Do we want to look at the secondary as a whole or do you want do we I split them up just to make yeah, it I, I did. I okay, it. me too. So let's let's start with cornerbacks. Um again, I think a few right at the top that are surefires, and I want to see how we play out the rest of the rest of the way. I ended up with seven overall on my on my cornerback list. Where do you guys go? Janelle? Um, I had six. Okay. I also, where do you, also six, Eli? Yeah. So where do you, so so here's here's who I've got. I've got Jair. I have a Dan kept Josh Jackson. <laughs> I did keep Josh Jackson. I and did. And we did not. <laughs> so yeah. I, well, so here, so I've got Jair Alexander. I've got Kevin King, Stokes, Shannon Sullivan, Josh Jackson, Ento. And I've also got oh. uh, uh, Gene Charles in there, the rookie. I love him. I, I, uh, I, he's, he, he's my, he's, yeah, he's, well, he's, he's my crush. He's my, he's, he's my camp crush. I think he's going to, I think he comes in to camp and he just explodes. Um, so that's, that's who I've got. Those are my seven. So where do you, where do you guys differ? No, go. I've, I've been, I've been stealing the spot. Like, <laughs> go ahead. Um, okay. Well, obviously Alexander, I had Kadar Holman, uh, Shamar Jean Charles, Kevin King, Eric Stokes, and Shandon Sullivan. Yeah, okay. so I'm identical with Jen, with Jair King, Stokes, Sullivan, Jean Charles, and Holman. Um, I get your call with Ento um, because, number one, he, he has shown some special teams uh, capabilities. But when Kadar Holman, and specifically, I remember, I think it was week three against the Falcons or week four against the Falcons when Jair got hurt. He played the second half. And in just the second half, he had like three pass breakups, super physical, very fast. So I think he makes it as the final corner. Um, so I have six, yeah, with uh, Holman rounding out that group. All right. That, and, and again, I, I think out of I think out of all of them, if – Gene Charles is is the one that I is that's who I want to see the most stick yeah. around. If if you if you made the decision to get rid of Josh Jackson and to replace him with whoever you want, that's that's fine with me. Um, you know, I, I I keep Josh Jackson around just because I I think that he 
he's sort of like this little project that everyone keeps talking about with Joe Barry coming in. Is he going to be turned around, you know, last chance kind of thing. Um, and so that, that's just where I go with yeah, that. I was, I would, the night they, when they took Josh Jackson, like the, the, the night before they took Jair, I was more than happy with Jackson in the first round. Josh Jackson right. was like my huge draft crush of mine. When we got him. I was jumping up and down and I hated leaving him off this list, but if you can't even if you it can't even be good enough where they're going to put you in a in a uniform on Sundays, right? Then that's just that's just hard for me. Well, and Kevin King is already kind of that project guy this year with the the prove it deal, so I think it, it's hard to have two guys where it's like okay, you know, there's something that I like. I think Kevin King is the better of those two, which is why. Kevin King signs that small deal, and I just don't see Jackson. Jackson will probably get picked up by somebody, but yeah. I just, you know he he hasn't done anything that makes me think you know oh this is the year you know so mm-hmm. if so be it then I hope that he goes out there and proves me wrong isn't a stud and is a stud but I just you know I'm kind of over it at this point my hopes are done. And my hopes is at this point with him. Dan, you should change your bio. My hopes my are hopes done. Are my done. hopes are done. <laughs> put that, put that on a tombstone. Yeah. <laughs> um, last group here, safety. I think this one's pretty easy as well. I've got four coming in. Um, I mean, do you guys see it the same? I I think it's I think it's Savage, Amos, Vernon Scott, and I think Will Redmond still sticks around unless as of right now. I think he's I think he's kind of put himself on the outside looking in when it comes to uh, his uh, – how do I want to say this? Like with the coaching staff now, I don't think he's he, – I don't think he's their favorite player. And so I think he's sort of got an uphill battle to kind of win that back if he gets into a training camp battle. But as of right now, Will Redmond kind of seems to be a guy to just fill in that that fourth and final role, just fill in that spot. So I, I had those same four, but I also had Henry Black. Okay. There's yeah. a, there's something that I love about Henry Black, and I think we got to see bits and pieces of what he can do, and I'm hoping that his game can just elevate enough to. I mean, obviously, don't see him in a starting role, but just you know, one of those guys who can come in and make a play here and there. I just there's something about him that I really hope we get to see more of. Yeah, I'm with Jen on that one. I have four also, but I actually do not have. Scott, I have black. That was probably my biggest back and forth on this whole list. Really? Scott versus Henry Black. And I don't know what it was. Just my gut was pushing me towards black. Um, he, I know he didn't play a ton, but when he did, he looked like he knew exactly what he was doing. I know Scott was a draft pick. Black was undrafted. But look, Scott wasn't drafted this year. I, I believe he was a sixth or seventh round pick mm-hmm. last year. So it's not like, you know, they've invested a ton into him. I still think he would maybe end up on the practice squad or, you know, where you could see him and Black maybe be interchangeable. But if I could keep both, I would have. I ran out of numbers, so I went with Black. But, yeah, wouldn't surprise me at all if Scott got that spot instead or there was some kind of back and forth if neither of them were showing clearly that they should be there. I, I think that all makes sense. And yeah, that, that's the thing is right now this this whole roster, you could make arguments, I think, for a lot of any any of our fringe players that we all were kind of differing on. I think you can easily make cases for all of those people because of where we are at the after OTAs, you know, basically a week or so of of non-contact practices. Um, things will get much more clear as we get into training camp. But I like to I like that we did this now to see where our, our, our rosters sit. At this point, and then we can kind of compare once we get start getting into training camp and see how that kind of uh, that fifty three man roster evolves. So this was this was a fun thing to do. I'm I'm hoping that everyone else enjoyed it as well. Uh, let us know on Twitter what you think of our rosters, what we've said uh, at Packaday Podcast. Make sure you subscribe, like, rate, and review all of that great stuff. You can find all three of us on Twitter as well, um, guys. Do you want to let them know where you are and anything you want to uh, promote this week, Janelle? Yeah, so obviously you can find me on Twitter at Big Mac underscore four. Anything I do, it'll end up there. But you can also obviously follow Packaday Podcast and uh, every Wednesday with Zach and Eli over on Game on Wisconsin for Open Book, live at 7 o'clock Central. Uh, I also have 
uh, say it again, the first line podcast for hockey. For those of you who stick with me through hockey season or want to hear me talk about that, that's where you can find that. And I also have the Minds of the Game with Brandon Bostic. That is also SIA Mind Game. I think that's that should be it. All right. Eli? Um, yeah, you can uh, find me on Twitter at Book of Eli underscore NFL. Obviously, follow Packaday as well at Packaday Podcast. Make sure to check out me and Jen and Zachary Jacobson every Wednesday at 7 o'clock on Open Book for Game on Wisconsin. And feel free to subscribe to my YouTube page at Ellie Berkovitz. And um, if you want some more in-depth film breakdowns, you could go over to Patreon. And I have an account there also under Eli Berkovitz. And I would love uh, any subscribers. I think you really like the content I put out there. And uh, that's just about it, Dan. Very cool. Um, I'm on uh, Twitter as well, at DK all the way. You can find me there. Um, I've just started up writing a weekly uh, think piece slash um, just whatever the heck is kind of coming out of my head piece for Game on Wisconsin every, every Friday. Uh, so you can check that out over there. And then obviously every other Tuesday here with uh, with these two here on the Pack-A-Day podcast. Um, guys, until until next time, I don't think we'll we won't talk until after the fourth of July. So have a happy oh, yeah. holiday, have a happy holiday weekend. Enjoy yourselves. And uh, until we talk again, guys, take it easy and go pack go. Go pack go. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com